One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hello. Hey man, it's our NXT review. It is indeed. Exciting. So we did talk about the idea of doing this as a, what we'd call a mini-sode, which is where we don't do the intros and outros, and it's just the, the theme song plays, we chat, and then the music plays at the end. But I thought, nah, man, let's make it a proper podcast. Let's, let's, do, a, let's do a talk. Exactly, yeah. And it gives me more opportunity to try and clear through some of the uh, mailbag backlog mm. that I've currently got at the moment. For example, this was sent to us mailbag on the... Mailbag backlog. Mailbag uh, backlog. Like John Cena dropkick. <laughs> very hard, no, very hard John, John Cena name drop. Oh, name not, drop John Cena. Yeah, name drop John Cena. That was it. <laughs> So our first email comes in from Brad Smith, who says, Hi, Luke. Brackets, also Ollie and El Fakedor, but this is specifically for Luke for reasons that will become clear forthwith. Now, I would say, though, this does include you as well. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying? What are you buying? What are you selling? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so Brad Smith says, Since I know you're into D&D, I, I wonder if you have played a tabletop wrestling RPG. I know there are a couple out there, and I recently had my first taste of one called World wide wrestling and had a great time it's basically just a loose structure of making up a roster of characters or perhaps adapting an existing crap gimmick roster and fantasy booking matches between them our big finale of the night started with an argument over a bowl of sashimi which turned into a match that somehow also involved the bowl of sashimi in the ring and ended with the entire roster in an impromptu battle royal during which my character was essentially waterboarded with several cans of red bull after which he broke free hulked out from the massive caffeine rush got ddt'd onto a chair and then botched trying to get trying to no sell that on an account of being extremely wide instead legit passing out due to an actual head wound he acquired earlier in the match it was good times just to be clear i don't know the people who make this game nor am i getting anything for saying this i just had a grand time making up ridiculous matches with friends and thought you might enjoy doing some of the same something something consistency brad so yeah i i have heard of world uh, worldwide wrestling mm. And I've seen a couple of playthroughs of it because it's quite interesting because you have like two people playing it and then the other people in your party essentially provide the commentary or ah. just provide like the referee stuff. So you, you can kind of make it this whole uh, uh, thing. And it's all done uh, unlike, you know, as opposed to D&D, which is all about like the damage that you do. I think it's something more like crowd reactions and things like that. Like your, okay. your DM is there to kind of roll how the crowd reacts to you getting on in the match but it's very interesting i think i would be tempted to play although it's hard enough to get us together to do D D on a weekly basis yeah we're useless at that <laughs> <laughs> can you make it yeah, mm, yeah, maybe yeah, not, no, no. yeah 
Um, this is from Ty King, speaking on the same sort of subject. To Captain Nuke and El Fakador, but not Wonder Ollie. What Dungeons & Dragons game do you play? I've got a little story that will send you later, but I don't know, uh, and I don't know if this kind of story has a title. If not, it should. But I want to tell you a story of how I met my crush. If anyone cares, it's not related to wrestling. Anyway, sorry for rambling. Your number one, Taiwanese, uh, your number one fan, Tyrese Dawson King. Not kidding, that's actually my second name. So yeah, it's from Ty King there. Um, also, he says that he loves us all. So oh, too. we play Five uh, E. Yeah, so we're playing D and D Five E. Uh, we are not doing uh, one of the normal expansions. So we're we're actually running a, a custom campaign. So rather than doing like Storm King's Thunder or uh, Curse of Strahd or any of mm-hmm. that stuff, we're doing a custom campaign which was started by our regular DM George, who has created this entire world and then I've sort of taken us off while covering as DM into a little side quest sort of uh, jolly into the Feywild. I was going to say we're in it? the Feywild at the moment. It's been very good. We've been fine. We had this, uh, a great session the other day uh, on Tuesday where we faced off against these like spider creatures that were also human. So they were like humans. If I remember this correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, um, they're humans that have got so far deep into sort of like the darkness and like dark magic and stuff. So they're actually corrupted elves. Corrupted elves, yeah. Corrupted drow, basically. Yeah, and they essentially become spiders at the same time. So they've got like spider limbs, but human uh, or elfin bodies. Yeah. Which sounds gross, and it's wicked. But when you describe that to us, we were all like, man, that sounds like, that's awesome. That's really scary and stuff. And then when they attacked, it was like, they stab you with a dagger. We're like, hang on, they're armed. Like, (laughs) do we need daggers? So this is 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 a, a, a... race of monsters called the chitons and there's another uh like there's a step up which is even more monstrous which is a a, a coldrith or a choldrith mm. and it's um the same sort of thing like a, a huge like an elven hybrid with a spider but this one actually has like a huge thorax and mm-hmm. like uh, actual spider limbs but then the front end is like a like a bloke's face <laughs> and and his torso yeah yeah and also has got a dagger. He's got a dagger. <laughs> like these things are like horrible looking, and they but they all just bring in knives. It's when he said they stab me with a dagger. We all sort of sort of was like, what? Wait. The, and also, <laughs> the weird thing is the dagger's poisoned, but it's not like they're. As far as I know, it's not like they're producing the poison. So like, unless they're wiping it on like their butt or something <laughs> to like get, get the poison on it. I want you to write that into uh, yeah, all the characters. So that's really it. Point. He wipes it on his butt. And then <laughs> <stabs> <laughs> it. A little stab. A little jab. Uh, this comes in from Sam Smith. Dear Luke Olive. Well, he's written Olive. Dear Luke, Olive, and El Blakador, Laurie Fake. That's very nice, actually. El Blakador. El Blakador. Um, so I was at a random local wrestling gig run by my brother's friend, and they had a special guest uh, surprise appearance build on the card. Lo and behold, it was NXT UK and May Young Classic competitor Zia Brookside. She wrestled an excellent match with the promotion's top unbeaten female athlete, Un. Defeated. She ended up winning by DQ, obviously to protect the undefeated streak, and her opponent slapped the referee. She was super over, as I've only seen her in Defiant Wrestling, and I'm looking forward to her match against Io Shirai. She is still very young, but extremely talented, and I hope she gets a push in NXT UK. She can be a huge star on that brand. Sorry for the ramble, just thought I'd share my thoughts. Keep up the excellent and consistent work, the now Dr. Sam Smith. Well, thank you very much for the email, Sam Smith. I haven't seen, we were talking about this earlier, I haven't seen... Yes. Zia Brookside's match against Io Shirai. It's yet. really good. Yeah? It's really, really good. Does Io, does um does Io get a good showing, or is it very much the Io Shirai show? No, Zia gets Io Shirai, if you yeah. will. Zia gets a pretty good showing, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. And it's an episode of Brookside. 
um, <laughs> which American fans won't have a clue what we're on about. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, in all fairness, <laughs> I don't think some of our UK audience will no, have a clue what we're talking about. That show ended like two decades ago, yeah. didn't it? Didn't a plane crash into it, or was that? Is that, what, <laughs> is that what it Wasn't ended? that something? It was a no. Hollyoaks had the plane crash, wasn't oh, it? Was it? Yeah. Does Hollyoaks have a plane crash? I'm almost certain Hollyoaks is probably. Well, had a what plane wiped crash. out the population of Brookside? <laughs> A really bad bout of Sif. Channel 4 cancellation, <laughs> yeah, really. <and> syphilis. <laughs> um, so, we're going to go into our NXT review now. We're kicking off talking about EC3's match against Lars Sullivan. We'll be back for an outro where we've got an email from one of our longtime listeners and writers, Jaron Walker, who sent an email called, I was kicked out of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. <gasps> so find out how Jaron was kicked out. First up, here's the show. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon pledge hammers that have helped us get to this goal. However, so we reached 750 uh, last Thursday. You and I actually mm-hmm. recorded our reaction to we that did, yeah. live by happenstance while we were recording the Saturday show. Gobsmacked. Gobsmacked we were and very excited to do this show. My favorite thing actually was, so we found out last Thursday, last Thursday evening more or mm. less, the first question we got was, so you're starting today, right? It's like, whoa, I was ready. I don't even watch it. Hang on, mate. I haven't even watched it yet. I haven't factored it in. So we start- I hadn't made my customary toast for watching <laughs> WWE. And we start- <laughs> so we're starting it this week. However, this week has also mean that we've started the new month and the Patreon snap has come into effect, which means that either people have dropped out or people have had their payments declined or they've been declared fraud. And that means we actually fell below the 750 so mark. So we're, we're stopping now. Yes, yes, so I'm just going to stop the recording now. I'm just okay, gonna, yeah. cool. So this is actually, it's all the jape. <laughs> But what we want to do is we want to actually just spend the next month. We are going to do weekly NXT reviews for the month of October with the aim that we can get back to that 750 mark and stay there consistently. That is, I'm just going to put my phone to airplane mode. That is actually the second time that's happened in two days. I was using (laughs) it for the internet. Um, So, yeah, we want to try and do this for the month of October and then get to 750 and stay at 7.50 so we can head back into November and just do this on a weekly basis because we want to do this on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah. um, so than watching Raw. <laughs> so, which you I still, still have to watch Which Raw. I still have to do anyway. You just, you've just added an extra hour to your work. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. I just get to do something I already do. Yeah. <laughs> I already watch it. Well, this is thing. actually the, the great thing about this is because it's amazing that when you start working for a company mm. that just talks about nothing but wrestling, I have so much less time in my day <laughs> to watch wrestling. Mm. Previously, before I worked here, I was watching NXT on a weekly basis basis and have been since 20, 2014 when it's mm. like when they started the network i was watching it every single week and i was loving it every single week as soon as i start working here i'm like i haven't got enough time no. i have not got enough time in my day and also to watch nxt spoiled as well, well <laughs> yeah know all the finishes yeah seen all the clips exactly my instagram is only pictures of wrestling <laughs> i don't follow anything that like i don't follow wwe on twitter because mm. i'm not on instagram but i don't follow nxt either because they mm. just post up all sorts of stuff not that that stops people sending stuff to me anyway but regardless so we want to keep doing this here is the first time we're doing this on a weekly basis. Very excited. And we're kicking off with our main topic. We didn't want to start off on such a negative foot because actually I thought this was a pretty decent episode of NXT, mm. particularly the match between Johnny Gargano and Tony Neese, which oh, I, thought was was awesome. yeah. I thought it was awesome. Really, really great stuff. And the thing that I love most about NXT was the video packages were so, so good in this. Mm. Just They built up things and made everything seem important. Even just like reintroductory ones as well. Like, yeah. You know, only Lorcan and Danny Birch get one. We'll oh, talk about yeah. that later. But and that's just to say, oh, we're back, guys. Yeah, it was great. It's amazing. Yeah, it they're great. not even. Yeah, it's so good. Great stuff. But unfortunately, we are going to start on the, the negative of this show, which was the main event. So the main event that's been built up for the last couple of weeks, where EC3 was accusing Lars Sullivan as being the guy who attacked 
attacked Alistair Black in the backstage area. Me and Ollie were talking about this yesterday, and every time I go to say the Alistair Black storyline, I keep saying, who ran over Alistair Black? <laughs> like, he, like he's Steve Austin yeah. in, in 1992. 2000. I hope it's Rikishi. <laughs> <I hope laughs> he it's did Rikishi. it for The Rock. Um, who attacked Alistair Black. So that's left. That's led to this match between EC3 mm. and Lars I Sullivan. How Lars's response to, I didn't attack Alistair Black, was to attack, attack EC3. EC3. <laughs> No, I don't <laughs> attack people. Apart from Die you. Again. No. <laughs> um, and this was actually, it started off really, really strong. It was a, it was, a, it was an amazing start. I loved him coming out and doing like the first bit of his uh, point to his name, and yeah. he just abandoned it, runs down to the ring, and starts like getting one up on Lars oh, Sullivan in a way that no really? one, no one really has before. Yeah, like, it was really, really impressive. So ec is doing his entrance. Yeah, and as you said, he just sort of bails out of it and just mm. starts running down to the ring and attacking Lars Sullivan. He's already made his entrance. And there was this amazing thing when they started, they brawl to the outside mm. and EC3 just pushes him into the ring steps. And Lars gets back up and he grabs him by the throat. EC3 pushes him off and he pushes him into the ring steps again. So Lars Sullivan stands up, grabs him by the throat and they repeat this a couple of times. Mm. By the end of it, Lars Sullivan's back is bruised yeah, to all hell. It yeah, looked yeah. absolutely gross. And then it actually, helps that he's incredibly pale. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the two of them sort of almost beat the heckins out of each other because, yeah. like, uh, EC3 was bleeding from the eye. It mm. felt like he used a blood capsule at the end of it because he was bleeding from the mouth, but it didn't mm. look like it was real blood. And also, the referee didn't put on any gloves, which would suggest to me that it wasn't real. Yeah. Um, but the problem was that the match. The, cr- the crowd were not into it whatsoever. They, well, were, they, were, in, they, were, they were hot at the beginning. Right at the start, yes. And then they, they sort of, it, it, then it became Lars was on top for a lot of time beating down EC3 and everyone sort of lost interest at that point because he does a lot of, he's not very Neck sh- cracks. He's not very showy, is he? Mm. He does a lot of like power moves that are quite just like, it's just a big deal or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's, you see that all the time. It's not even like, it's impressive for Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's at least sort of plays the crowd in that same. Yeah. Obviously, they're in the same weight category. I would yeah, put yeah. Them in. So Super like, heavyweights. Yeah, so like Braun's kind of thing is he he definitely plays the crowd. His whole like running tackle thing that he was doing, everyone loved that. Like, Get these hands. Lars doesn't have anything really like that that anyone's behind. No. So when he's just on top being down and doing a lot of like uh, the, the big forearms, the neck and stuff, it, it does drag the match yeah. into a place where people aren't interested. And then... I think they struggled to get back into it from that point. I think you're absolutely right there. Now, we, we saw that when Lars was in his NXT Championship match mm. against Alistair Black. It was the match that almost had the least heat on the whole card. Mm. Um, and I, I like Lars Sullivan. I think he's really good. I really enjoyed him in the, uh, the, the, championship, the North American Championship yes, match, yeah. in that ladder match at um, TakeOver New Orleans. I loved that. I thought he was really good there. And on the whole, I do like Lars. But I wasn't massively keen as this. As he said, it was like a lot of neck cranks, mm. a lot of Jessica Beals just throwing people mm-hmm. across the ring and things like that. And really, the only time the crowd popped, as you said, right at the start, when he was pushing him into the ring steps, and when he lifted him up for a German suplex. That was amazing. Which yeah. was really cool. Yeah. I think you know, like in a, if you'd had this match on pay-per-view, they'd have really built up that German suplex spot. Mm. Like I always go back to the... Uh, the Ishii Keith Lee match from Rev Pro last year, where they built the entire match around Ishii trying to hit a suplex, mm. like, and that was, and it was brilliant because it really amped the crowd up into being like, yeah, yeah. "Will he get into this?" But here he did it like second try, nope, done it, yeah, and just yeah, absolutely yeah. just but threw it, him over. Again, his head. it was that same thing of like, it was weird that he came out with so much fire, and then they beat, then they, then they went back to being like, "Oh, and now he's." In trouble, yeah, because Lars is so big. It's like, yeah, but he's just beat him down. Like he's just mashed up his back on this. Like you know, they should do more with the kind of like Lars is struggling to pick him up because he's damaged his back. Yeah, it it just felt like oh, we've just reverted back to form here of like Lars is the monster, the baby face ends up in peril, blah 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 blah. blah. Like however you're gonna do it, like 
I don't know. I just find that like, there's nothing like Lars got a big pop at the end with the freak accident on the apron, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool, um, and then the headbutt. Uh, like he does have some good stuff. Yeah, and they need, but they need. And to he's got work. wicked entrance music. Yeah, and they just need to work it in in a kind of like in a manner that makes it seem really devastating or really dangerous. Like I think just chucking people about doesn't actually seem as like a brain buster is way more devastating looking than yeah. just I picked you up and I threw you. Yes, <laughs> you know? and that diving headbutt, yeah. which is like I literally I don't jump, I just fall. Yeah, and I and I hit. You. Well, because if he jumps, he ends up outside. <laughs> yeah. he, he hits his head on the other turnbuckle. <laughs> yeah. He's too um, tall. Yes, which this does mean that's another loss then for for EC3. Hence the title of this video. Are WWE wasting EC3? Because he came in with a bit of fanfare, a bit of buzz mm. about him, and really, a bit like Keith Lee, hasn't done anything since. No. Like Keith Lee showed up at TakeOver New Orleans. Mm. Was it TakeOver New Orleans he showed up at? I'm pretty sure it was. Yes, it, I think, it, no, it might have been one the one after. last. Was it Chicago then he showed up at? Maybe. Might have been the, I think it was probably Chicago rather than New Orleans. That's my mistake. But either way, What's Keith Lee done since he came to NXT? Oh, he's having a match with Kona Reeves. He's got, he's got a match with, with, the, the, with the finest yes. next week. Like, he hasn't had a storyline. It's the same with, it's taken a little while for War Raiders to kind of find mm. something for them to do. And like and now they're kind of getting into that mix with the Undisputed Era mm. in the tag team title picture. But EC3, aside from that North American ladder match, which was his debut... He hasn't really done anything. No, and he's and yeah, and, and he's like, also he's, he, he actually managed to lose to the Velveteen Dream, which it's almost he's impossible. Lost, he's lost pretty much everything. Isn't yeah, he? like what, the, the top one percent. One percent is his win rate at this exact moment <laughs> yeah. in time. He, yeah, it, it's such a waste as well because his whole character is built on the sort of I'm better than you thing mm. as well. Like, so it's really weird for him to be I'm the top one percenter, like, which obviously is. An allusion to riches and finance or whatever, but also to his skill level. Yes. However, it's really damaging for his character specifically to lose. Like I yeah. just think in that case, just make him a heel and have him like cheat again to win. Yeah. Because he should be trying to protect his reputation seems like it would be a thing that's really big for his character. So having him lose to people like Dream and stuff like that, obviously Dream desperately needed a win as well. So it was a very that was silly booking in the fact that obviously People want to see that match, and that's cool. But it's bad booking because both guys need to win yeah. really you badly. Put, in you this put thing. yourself into a you corner. You put yourself into a place where it's just it, somebody loses really badly to take the pinfall in this situation. Velveteen Dream, obviously, if he's going to stay in NXT, needs to start having some wins. Mm-hmm. And looks like he's having possibly a longer feud with Gargano down the line, maybe. Yes. Uh, but yeah, same for EC3. He just needs to. He needs to start picking up some momentum some point soon because. Otherwise, why like people are going to be disinterested in these matches because we already know the outcome. It yeah. felt like a foregone conclusion. I've not seen EC3 win anything, so he's probably yeah, exactly. going to lose to Lars Sullivan, who's won everything. I think he's had like a couple of squash matches, mm. but really they don't almost count towards anything. And you mentioned the the, the Johnny Gargano thing, mm. which was set up sort of like in the the lead up to the the Gargano Champa match, where Johnny came down to announce that he was going to have the match and he was going to sign the contract and interrupted mm. EC3's match. And yeah. It, it, Johnny Gargano had a big win on this show. He had a really impressive showing, a really mm. great match. And that kind of and they were using the the follow-up from the Champa match that they had at the last takeover to kind of play into mm. Johnny Gargano's character. So Johnny Gargano at the moment is on a really interesting character journey. Yes. But if he's then going into a feud with EC3, who at the moment is rudderless, that <laughs> does that if anything just brings Gargano down rather than elevating EC3. Mm. So I think you're right that he kind of needs to 
if they are going to go towards a Gargano feud, he needs to gain some momentum yes. first off yeah. before he they, needs to before they like pull the trigger. He needs to see yeah. like a credible threat, and he, at the moment he's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a real shame, and, and and I think, I mean, especially I, after all those pool bits with Velveteen, <laughs> whatever that yeah, was, yeah, whatever that the was, vas- the amount was, of Vaseline on that lens, it was weird because <laughs> I sort of liked it. It was. Utterly wacky it was like nonsense. A, it was a telenovela. Yeah, it was quality. so weird, but I kind of liked it. I remember thinking at the time, I was like, I mean, I wouldn't have done it, but I kind of <laughs> kind of liked it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So NXT opened up with one of my favorite things about NXT, in fact, is that people, so they do backstage interviews with mm. Kathy Kelly, but also they'll just have moments when they just cut a promo straight to camera, but they've all got their own unique backdrop. They've got a backdrop that's like, that's their area that they mm. kind of hang out in. And it really makes NXT feel like this this universe, like an actual interconnected world. And this was open here with Nikki Cross cutting a promo in a sort of smoky hallway setting, and she's going to have some fun with Bianca Belair because they've got a match in two weeks. Um, and she just also, and she ends the promo by screaming, I know. I know. I know, I know, I know. Hinting that she knows who's who attacked, who ran over Alistair Black. Chances are she won't tell you, though. Because <laughs> <No>, <laughs> she just keeps cramming the camera going, going, I know, I know. Yeah, she won't say. Yeah. Maybe. Um, what are your thoughts on um, Nikki Cross's promos? Because I've seen 
some people who really like Nikki Cross, mm. and I'm I'm a Nikki Cross fan. However, I have seen some corners of the internet wrestling fandom that just think she's the cringiest of promos because she's quote trying too hard. See, I really like her, and I think I think she's great. And I, and I but I also completely understand the that angle of thing that that way of thinking because you do see the problem is when she's being used to tell a story and she has to impart information that is part of a storyline where they're like, yeah. you have to hit these key points. That's when it feels like, I'm being crazy, I'm being crazy, I'm being crazy. I know who hit Alistair Black. I'm being crazy, I'm being crazy. Like it's just, it, yeah. it always feels like having to go back to these, the more she talks, in fact, the less she seems genuinely crazy. Like her, yeah. her a whole in-ring persona and all that kind of stuff is brilliant. And I think like, uh, the bit where she took the title off Shayna Baszler for a oh, bit. Oh, so great, yeah. There was so many, there's so many good bits that she's done with her character. It's a shame when you do have her cutting like longer promos because I think, yeah, it becomes a bit too like uh, repetitive mm-hmm. to keep going over these same like, she's just going, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I'm going to have fun. It's she could be just fun. be walking back. Yeah. She could just be walking past someone and saying that like for yeah, like, 10 yeah. seconds or whatever. That'd be really cool, yeah. Uh, but our opening contest was Candice LeRae versus Lacey Evans. Um, this was a decent match. I'll say decent. I think some, it was, yeah, there was some cool. There was some really cool stuff in here. I, I really like Lacey Evans. Um, mm. I've seen a few people that say that they don't think that she'll ever progress much further than NXT because it doesn't seem like a gimmick that will get over on the main roster. A bit like the Vaud Villains. Mm. Vaud Villains was a great gimmick in NXT, but as soon as it went up to the main roster, everyone was like, the, the mainstream crowd was like, this is dumb. Mm. And I, I, I don't want the same thing to happen to Lacey Evans because I really like this, this uh, you know, the women's rights thing and, and I like her look, the pinup model look. I think it's really mm. unique and, and it looks cool on her. And she's a great heel. Um, you just need to introduce her at the right time. That's it, the yeah. Main if you did it, like, around the 4th of July, maybe. Yeah. And yeah, have yeah. her coming out with soldiers and that <laughs> kind of thing. Like, if you, if you really... USO show style, like, yeah. really play into it, then I think you could probably get her over. Like, my favourite scene from Captain America, the first Avenger, which is <laughs> Captain America doing the USO shows. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Um, but, yeah, this was... The uh, crowd were very quiet during this match. Mm. Um uh, but there was a really great spot where Evans, she has, she gets this like head scissors round Candice in the corner, and then she just like flips her over, keeping the head scissors locked on, and then just starts doing some push-ups. Yeah, that's it was right. really, really cool. It was a really cool and inventive spot. But the finish saw um, Lacey kind of goad Evan, uh, goad um, Candice into the corner mm-hmm. by saying that you're a loser just like your husband, husband being Johnny Gargano. And Candice snaps and she starts unloading in the corner. Referee has to pull her back. She goes and starts unloading again. Referee pulls her back. She goes for a third time. Boff, right in the face. Woman's rights by Lacey Evans uh, to pick up the win. Decent match. I'm going to have Lacey Evans music stuck in my head for the rest of the day because as <laughs> soon as I hear it, I cannot get it out of my head. It's unconditional. See, what I liked about this match as well is that they're obviously... This is more furthering of the sort of Gargano storyline in general because mm-hmm. this is a mirror Right, yes. of what has happened with Johnny the whole time. Like he every time he loses his cool, he loses the match. Yes. And so they're doing the same and Candice has also been saying to him, You gotta keep your head about you, you've got to be smart, like you can't mix your personal life and your professional life anymore. However, this is a this match is a mix of personal and professional life because it all spun out of uh I guess Lacey Evans technically kinda coming on to Johnny last week. Mm. And then to have Candice lose her cool because of a jibe about Johnny and then lose is kind of what I'm interested to see how this furthers their relationship storyline and them as the sort of the, the wrestlings as a couple. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it actually turned in terms of that storyline, it was it was it, the match wasn't like great or anything, but in terms of the story told in the finish, I really really enjoyed yeah. that. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they're going to go with with Lacey Evans because they are giving a, a very much a, a push. She is mm-hmm. one of the more featured, regularly featured female wrestlers that they have mm-hmm. on the the brand. She beat Dakota Kai in a tag match a couple of weeks ago. So it really feels like they've got big plans for, for Lacey Evans. And I wonder if they're going to try and use her as like a next contender to Kyrie Sane should she come out of the... Because mm. they've already had like a tete-a-tete in the past as well. So once if Kyrie Sane comes out the, um, the Evolution match still champion against Shayna Baszler, which I imagine she would do, yes. that's my prediction, then um, you could probably build to a, a Lacey versus Kyrie Sane um, feud down the line. I just want to see women's right look a bit more impactful. Like, I, well, just, like, I just want yeah. it to be a bit more brutal because it always comes out of nowhere and it kind of always is missed. Mm. I'm not saying like, let's do full Superman punch, but like, <laughs> let's, let's not make it the Big Show's punch either. Like, yeah. you know? Well, because Big Show's punch was literally... <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh get, get down, will you? Stop being hit with a side of ham. <laughs> <laughs> like the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> no. oh. um, we then got one of my favourite moments of the whole show which was this build-up to a triple threat match we're getting next week for the North American Championship between champion Ricochet, Adam Cole, Bebe, and the UK Championship, Pete Dunne. And this was awesome. That was so this good. was so good. And essentially all it was, and me and Ollie talked about this on the Raw review, mm. the, my, probably my favourite thing about that show, or my favourite angle on that show, was the one that closed it, which was Michaels came down, he cut a rambly promo... And then Kane's music hits, Undertaker music hits, Chokeslams, Tombstones all around, the Brothers Destruction leave standing. And what I, I said in the Raw review, what I loved about it was in its simplicity. Mm. All it was was a promo, couple of moves, and then they left. The crowd go wild because everyone in there was presented like a star. It felt like a big deal. And this, the genius of this was in its simplicity. Because all mm. this was, was the three lads sitting there talking about why they are going to win. And it and it made me go like I can't wait to see this match. But it was cannot one of, it was one wait w- to see this match. WWE's obviously their their way of cutting promo packages is amazing. Yeah, and this was like the highest quality I think they've hit for a long time. Like there's there's been some good ones. Obviously the AJ Samoa Joe ones from a while a few weeks ago. Daniel Bryan and the Miz ones were pretty good in the build up to that. Like, but this I think was just like the the top quality. Didn't really have to have. There's not a lot of story here beyond Ricochet and Pete Dunne had a bit of a sort of. Uh, frisson backstage and they were like oh we're going to have this little match and then Adam Cole interrupted yeah. and that is all that has happened and everyone's got their own reason for wanting that title Yeah, but really they're just, just, just wanting the title well, that's, that's all, it, all yeah. that matters it's so simple and that's it exactly like Pete Dunn wants to be the first you know two, he wants to rule two continents he wants to rule mm-hmm. the United Kingdom and North America Ricochet wants to build a legacy for this championship because he feels that mm-hmm. Adam Cole didn't have a legacy with it as the first champion and Adam Cole wants to win his belt back and be, and be the first ever two-time. two-time North American champion. And you say, like, there isn't a lot of story. And, I mean, there isn't really. Aside from, you know, Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era interfered in their match a couple of weeks ago to lead to the DQ. And they've always said there's been tension between the three, you know, main components of this. But this promo was all about, I want to be the best. Mm. And to be the best, I have to win that belt and bring some and bring prestige to it. And I just loved it. And I mean, I've, I've written here, like, not only was this promo absolute money, mm. and it made me want to see this match more than anything, 
it's had it felt like it had more build than most of Super Showdown. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Super Showdown. Because, yeah, like Super Showdown has had weeks of stuff to like build these matches, and each one of them, the more they go on, the less I'm interested in mm. them. This was one promo package, and I'm like so into this match. Yeah. I'm so so into this match. It really actually made me it made me upset that it wasn't next week. Yeah, yeah it made, that's it. It made me upset that I had to watch the rest of the show and be like. This match isn't on here. No, I've got to wait seven days mm. to see it. Seven days. I've got to wait seven <laughs> days to see it again or to see this match. And I remember that back in like when I was really getting into NXT back in 2014. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was really like very much peak NXT. That's when you had the, the four horsewomen still with that. It's like Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and uh, Sasha Banks and everyone. And you had Finn Balor and Hideo Itami was debuting. And it just felt like it was a really exciting product. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, it was a really exciting product to watch like week to week. And every time the show finished, I was like, can't wait to next week. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch the next show. And that's one of the, the real strengths of NXT. And there was a period... 2016, I think I want to say, maybe 20, and some of 2017 to a degree, where it really, a lot of interest kind of petered out in, mm. in NXT. Like, the week-to-week product wasn't as interesting to watch. The takeovers were still great, but it just felt like there wasn't that kind of, the, the people said that was the weakest class they had. Mm. But now I think that we are really starting to pick back up again. 2017 was a good year for them. 2018 has been a really great year for NXT TV. Well, and also it's, it's, even better if they're now including people from 205 Live. Yes, I mean, absolutely. We'll yeah, in a minute, but like now that there's this sort of there's also the UK division they get to come in. The the talent pool is massive. Yeah, for NXT and they're all amazing. Yeah, like, got you know, the May Young Classic. Um, competitors can mm. uh, come and show up and have matches as well. Yeah, really good stuff. And then we got a short video package for the Forgotten Sons. We're going to have a match, but then we got an interview packet, an interview backstage. When well, I say an interview, it's just it was again these kind of wrestlers just talking to the camera in their own little area of Tommaso Ciampa in his wicked new T-shirt, in his excellent new T-shirt. If anyone wants to buy me that T-shirt, <laughs> please do. But this was awesome as well because it looked like something that Ciampa had filmed himself. Mm. Like he, he presses the record and sits down, and he cuts this promo on Velveteen Dream saying he's dreaming if he thinks he can beat him and you should stop accusing me you need to be careful and stop accusing mm. me of attacking Alistair Black and it was brilliant and he's kind of talking to the championship belt like he keeps calling it Goldie on Twitter and like Goldie's never leaving me Goldie loves being <laughs> around my waist and this was a really really great Tommaso Ciampa promo and then at the end of it he just like just shoves the camera down and you know it, it cuts off mm-hmm. and it feels it's the same thing with the the video package with Cole Ricochet and Dunn everything they said in there felt like it was Clearly scripted, but it felt genuine. Mm. This, again, was scripted, but felt genuine. It didn't feel like the, the WWE main roster promos, where it's like, I do not like you, and uh, we are going to have a match now. Yeah, I am saying this in a way I've been told to. Like, yeah. Tommaso Champ is very good at making all that stuff sound like him. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, he's, he's just the most fantastic heel. Isn't he just, yeah. It's that unique <laughs> voice. Like, yeah. and, and that's the other thing with NXT, is those unique voices. Nikki Cross's promos don't sound like anyone else's promos. Mm. Bianca Belair's promos don't sound like anyone else's mm. promos. We'll get on to her shortly. But first up, we have got the Forgotten Sons, a.k.a. Not Sanity. Mm. Um, uh, and they took on a trio uh, of... Uh, thank you for the Wrestling Observer for writing this down because I missed it. Vinny Mixon, Tori Kirsch, and Caesar Rise. The most wrestling names <laughs> of all time. Like, yeah, I thought they said it was Terry Kirsch, and then when the when the um, graphic popped up, his name was like, oh no, Tori. Tor- Tori Kirsch. What's this that? was like name I know generator. I'm Laurie, but like Tori, <laughs> that's not a name. 
this was like random name generator. You just yeah. type into Google Vinny, random name generator. Vinny Nixon. Vinny Nixon. Next. Tory Kirsch. Next. Caesar Rise. Cool. We've got our names. Off you pop out there now. Vinny Nixon. Go get beaten up by the Forgotten like Sons. It's like a children's medicine. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not familiar with the Forgotten Sons, they were doing a lot of stuff on house shows for like the majority of 2018, really. Mm. But I think they kind of had to wait till Sanity was out of the picture, really, because they've all got very similar jackets. Yeah. And also, <laughs> well, we don't need <laughs> the den. They've been. They've all been shopping at Levi's. So. Yeah, we don't need another trio of jackets, basically. Mm. So once Sanity's gone up, now the, the Forgotten Sons can come in, and it's. Um, Jackson Riker, who was the former Bram in TNA mm. and Impact. Steve Cutler. Steve Cutler, who my main rem- memory, memory, my main memory of Steve Cutler was in the ECW revival mm. because he had like a jobber match against, I think it was Kofi Kingston. And it was when, ah, um, oh no, what's his name? Mike. Uh, Mike Adamley was on commentary. Mm. And he's like, and he's like, well, and if we know, if Steve wins this, we'll know that the Cutler did it. Instead of the butler did it, and like as a, as a Cluedo thing, it was a really weird line, <laughs> and it was that one. And he also said that's what he kept saying that Kofi, you're making me crazy, you're making me crazy. God bless sir, my family. Unbelievable. He, um, yeah, bless his heart. The other member of the Forgotten Sons is Wesley Blake. Wesley Blake, former NXT champion. Wesley Blake. Mm. Um, obviously, you might, yeah. What did I said, champion. You said yeah. NXT champion. Tag team champion, I should With say. Buddy Murphy. With Buddy Murphy. With Buddy Murphy. Who's going to be cruiserweight champion this coming Saturday? That's my and that's, your yeah, prediction my, as well. But this was um, uh, just a squash match. Um, it was just one enhancement match. Uh, it was to make the Forgotten Sons look cool. Don't think the crowd were massively into to Riker, but I think that's probably a good thing because he was meant to be a heel. Mm. Um, some, they've got some quite fun moves. The Forgotten yeah. Sons. I love the uh, the stomp reverse DDT. That's a yeah, that's really move. cool. Yeah, and then uh, Riker's slingshot powerbomb thing yeah. that he's been using is wicked yeah because it is like he just throws me against the ropes and then just woof off yeah you go. doesn't he just <laughs> by then see ya I'll, I'll get you in a minute <laughs> off you go uh but this yeah this was typical nxt fair uh but then we got another great video package uh, we got a recap of Shayna baszler evoking her rematch clause for uh the nxt women's championship and Kyrie saying saying we're going to do this at evolution mm-hmm. um i like in that bit in that specific bit of it when she said i'm going to drown you drop anchor on this championship brain all i can think about is drop trow i'm gonna drop trow on this championship brain. but this led to an awesome awesome video package with Shayna baszler mm-hmm. i have said this like from day one when she debuted she is money dripping money is yeah, Shayna baszler great. she's so so good and this was awesome she's like ronda rousey with a personality <laughs> She's like Ronda Rousey, but we've been told, don't smile. Yeah, like, just yeah. be mean, be horrible. Yeah. And she is. Like, all of her promos are so, so great. And she essentially says, like, I got too comfortable at the top. Mm. I just got too comfy, and that cost me. So I'm going to go back to basics. She's not going to the performance center where no. these girls are there and learning nothing. She's going back to the gym. She's going back to the like the jungle area the where she camp. the training yeah. camp where she learned how to fight inside an octagon and things like that. And she's in the gym, and you can see Jessamine Duke there and Marina Shafir, her four horsewomen buddies, and it was great. And it just made Shayna Baszler look like this devastating badass. And it makes you root for Kyrie Sane because we all like the pirate princess. There she is, yo ho ho! A little dance, yeah, a little dance and things like that. And we want to see Kyrie win, and she got to overcome this badass and Shayna Baszler. Loved this video package. Thought it did wicked. I thought it did so much for this feud. I hope that after, I hope that Evolution is her cap point for NXT, and then we get her on the main roster because. 
They need her. She's so good. She's so great, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, We then got an interview backstage uh, with Tony Neese, 205 Live's Tony Neese, and he's doing this with Kathy Kelly. Now, I don't have any evidence to back this up, but I'm almost certain, people can correct me if I'm wrong, that Kathy Kelly is an angel. I don't know that for certain, (laughs) but I'm I'm pretty sure she is. As I said, people can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but I'm almost certain she is. Um, She's a beautiful angel. (laughs) Tony Neese is here, and he said he's looking for competition. And um, it was a Tony Nese promo. He's here to take over, and he's got eight reasons why. Because <laughs> he's just he counts abs. That's Tony's thing. Yeah, Tony, the Tony. premier athlete, and he's also a mathlete. <laughs> Love that. Uh, then Kathy also interviewed uh, Bianca Belair backstage. And this was a great promo. This was Kathy Kelly. Um, uh, Bianca Belair saying she wants to be called Miss Belair. And she said, because um, Nikki Cross was saying at the start of the show, she wants to play mm. Bianca Belair. And Bianca, I was like, I'm not here to play. I'm here to win. And may I remind you, I am undefeated. Uh, and she did that several times over. She said she's going to embarrass Nikki Cross when they have their match in two weeks because she is undefeated. 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 It's great stuff. I really like Bianca Belair. Massive. Kathy Kelly just stood there looking gobsmacked and like a beautiful angel. A beautiful angel that she is. Oh, beautiful angel. And then we got an absolutely cracking match. That was so good. This was, and I'll be honest, I wasn't that into this match at the start because I'm not, I think Tony Nese is grand and all. Like, mm. he's very impressive. He's got some wonderful abs. And he's got eight of them. He's, he's, I know, he's got two a more. Whole, a two, whole eight. He's got two more than most. Yeah. He's, got, he's got wonderful abs. He's going to do some really good flippy stuff. But when Tony Nese comes down to the ring, my first instinct isn't to go like, God, I can't wait to see Tony Nese wrestle. He's just not got much of a personality, I and think, is his problem. Yeah, and it's weird as well. I wonder is, if it's, it's probably on me, because I reckon he proper looks like John Cusack. He looks like a really muscly John Cusack. <laughs> and when I look at him, I was like, you have not got the charisma of John Cusack. <laughs> so you just that's, a, like, that's a harsh comparison <laughs> to make. Um, but this turned out to be an absolutely terrific match with some amazing near falls in there. Big shout out to the guy in the front row wearing an Everton t-shirt as mm. well. My, my old stomping ground. My shout out is to the referee. He's my favorite referee oh, yeah? in NXT because I call him intense ref. <laughs> he's really intense. He's so oh, good. He's just... I love like he's really jacked. But then he's yeah. also like if he, if he drops into count, he like leaps in the air and lands. And, goes, <laughs> and he's like, God, oh, and like, you'd be like, I, I respect you yeah, I respect I, you I ref respect man. you you scare me I would obey your rules yeah, yeah. even if I was Tony Nice <laughs> with my abs um, but this was there's some great stuff in here like Johnny Gargano doing the suicide dive to celebrate mm. Nice trying to do the triangle moonsault but Johnny uh, Johnny dodges and hits a mm-hmm. slingshot DDT and hits a slingshot spear and they just do like these amazing reversals and counters there's an amazing there's a couple of really good buckle bombs in here oh mate so that nice does first the, one Nice does uh, like goes for a cover but then immediately yep. lifts up into the yeah. the, the one armed power bomb but like the easiest I've ever seen anyone do it, just hey, and down. He's and got, I mean, two, he's got two extra abs. And obviously, yeah, that's it. They were just like, that's what they're for. That's what they only do. That leverage, uh, and then he does it again, but this time just chucks him into the lowest turnbuckle. Yeah, pretty and much. It's like Jackson Ryder with the um, yeah. with the, the his slingshot powerbomb. See ya. Goodbye. See ya. Off into the turnbuckles you go. Yeah. I don't care which one you hit. There's three of them to hit. Mm. You're going to get one of them. But then did a German into, into the turnbuckle. Oh, mate, well, it was which amazing. Was the, which Johnny sold like a star. Oh, like, yeah. It was so good. But it, 
It looked brutal. What a match. That German suplex spot into the turnbuckle was absolutely mm. amazing. It was so great. And um, and then, no, uh, slightly before that, Nice does this big... I mean, I've written here, Nice hits a diving big flip dive twist dive dot 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 oh, it's a dive to the outside. It does, outside. A, it does the a Fosbury Fosbury flop, flop, but he lands on his feet. Yeah, it was just the most incredible... Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. as the best way I could describe it was stuff just... Stuff and nonsense. Stuff and nonsense went through the air and Johnny Gargano fell down. Yeah. Like, it was it was awesome. It was really, really great. Um, and he hits the 450 splash for this amazing near fall. That mm. was the crowd really bought into that as a near fall. But imagine just being... Imagine being able to leap the rope, the top rope, flip over, turn it halfway in the air, flip over backwards, land on a man but then also on your feet yeah. and then be like now I'm going to do a 450 <laughs> yeah. most people do that and that's where they sort of get the cheer and they stumble around outside but he was just like she picked him straight up put him back in the ring and was like yeah. now, I will now do another flip for you yeah <laughs> do another big old ladies flip ladies and gentlemen now here is a, I present to you another flip another <laughs> Tony Nieces another flip <laughs> um the only person really who was unimpressed by that is Ricochet because he'd have yeah. just done more rotations in there. Yeah. He's just backstage going like, come on, mate. could have done that. <laughs> I would have cut a promo while I was out of the ring. <laughs> while I'm flipping. Yeah, I would have <laughs> landed and said, I'm going to get you, Johnny. Prove, prove it then. And then I would have done five flips. Uh, but they did the German suplex into the turnbuckle and then Gargano just fires out with this super kick, an amazing clothesline. He locks in the Gargano escape and knees taps. It was brilliant. But what the great thing about this was was the storytelling that Nigel McGuinness did after the match, mm. which was that Johnny Gargano didn't let his anger overtake him and cause him to lose a match like he did the NXT Championship match against Champa. He used his anger, he channeled his his frustrations and his anger into winning the match. Mm. It's that's really good character progression for for Gargano. I I really like that. I really like. I love the match and I really enjoyed the finish. And I love I love yeah. that bit of commentary as well. I'm interested in this uh, Gargano thing. I'm not entirely convinced yet by it though. I. I because I still would have liked them to see them break Johnny down even more. I like the like you know him coming in and being called Johnny Failure and having yeah. a loss. And I think we could have actually made him even more of an underdog in this scenario by breaking him down even even more, and then building mm-hmm. him back up. Or my preference, the heel turn. Yeah, I would love to see a sort of weird, slightly obviously toxic relationship heel turn mm-hmm. with him and Champa. Yeah, like as, as DIY. Yeah. But like dark side DIY. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see that. Well, like once Champa's finished with the title, obviously, but I would love to see that. I think that would be amazing. It's like evil Ryu and evil Ken. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then we got, uh, the final thing we get to discuss on this show is a video package for Only Lorcan and Danny Birch. Nobody knew they wanted them back. And but now you do. Now I do because this do. video package was yeah. awesome. This was great, and it was like they talked about how they came together there. That series of amazing matches where they just be, as Danny Birch put it, seven bells of crap out of each other, mm. and it was absolutely brilliant. Danny Birch was he was superb in this, and they recap their champion, their tag team championship match from Chicago, and point out, and they're very open about this. A lot of people said we didn't deserve it, mm. and the crowd were not behind us at the start of that match. And it's true. Yeah, exactly. When you go back and watch it, like the the crowd are really into the undisputed era because every crowd is because they're the best. Yeah. But they were not into Birch and Lorcan. The problem is they're into undisputed eras if they're faces. You <laughs> well, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, like Kevin Owens. Pe- yeah, people are so into undisputed era. Yeah. That it's very difficult for anyone else to yeah. be like. 
unless you're ricochet well, they don't exactly. re- or moustache mountain people don't yeah. really care like. uh, and but by the end of that match the yeah. crowd were massively into it and they gave the big standing ovation at the end because these two guys worked their asses off throughout that match to really get it's themselves such a, over it's such a good match such a great match I actually forgotten how good that match was it's made me want to go back and re-watch it so yeah. I just watched this video package so good job there WWE uh, or NXT and they talk about the ending of that match which was Roderick Strong hitting a diving knee or a, a leaping knee mm. into Oni's face and caving his like face in essentially broke like his orbital bone broke his yeah. orbital bone and collapsed his cheekbone I think he said and yeah. it was just like and Danny Burch really put it over he said like you know we really got beaten up I was like Grant, I didn't get plates in my face but you know we really yeah, got beaten yeah. up in that match and it really was a star making performance and he said, but now we're back. We're back and we're better than ever and we're going rec- to go back and get, we're going to get mm. those NXT Tag Team Championships. It was just a really good promo to just put this team over. And it made them seem really, really big time. I think even, and I think that's the thing, even if they still go back to being the enhancement guys that they were, they enhance like nobody else who isn't Velveteen Dream mm-hmm. in NXT. Like they Every time I've seen Oni Lorcan, I just go, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's so good. Like, he never wins. <laughs> but I'm just like, he's brilliant. Like, yeah. Danny Burch is also, like, just a like the safest pair of hands. So you just put him in the ring with someone, you're like, this is going to be, like, a really solid match. And just even with, like, the newbies in NXT or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, you just you just know what you're getting with these guys. And I'm, I don't think they'll be, be putting back in the title picture immediately. Mm-hmm. I think we've got... Some things to resolve there first with the War Raiders, etc. But yes. like, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the mix with the Mighty and the Street Profits and yeah. that lower tier of the NXT Tank Division, is that Forgotten a, Sons, that kind of thing. It's that plate that's spinning in the NXT Tank Team Division just while the Tank Team Champions are fighting against their mm. new contenders. So in this case, yeah, it looks to be War Raiders. And then as you say, you've got Street Profits down here, you've got the Forgotten Sons plate mm. spinning, you've also got this Only Lorcan and Danny Birch one now. And you can just keep these plates kind of going, keeping them all warm. Mm. until you need that next contender to whoever the champions are. And that's a really, really smart way of doing it. Like, as compared to that on Raw, where it's like one team is the champions, and then they have contenders, and that is it. Mm. The rest of the teams may as well not even be there. SmackDown's the exact same thing. If you're not the number one contender, you're, you, there's no point you being there. You don't need to go to TV because you're never going to get booked. Mm. It, was the same, it was the same as you were saying about War Games as well. Uh, when we recorded and you said... Like the cool thing is, if if the War Games match involves all of these people that are at the top of the card, that means that all the other matches on that pay per view aren't going to be for these titles, aren't yeah. going to be for any of this stuff. It's just going to be guys like Only Lorcan and Danny Birch and the like, the lower tier stuff. But they all get to do a big pay per view, yeah, thing, which is wicked. Yeah, you can get Lorcan and Birch, or you, you can do it as like a Four Corners number one contendership thing. Mm. You can have Lorcan and Birch, Street Profits, Mighty, mm. and the Forgotten Sons. And the winners become the new number one contenders to the tag team championships. That's great, like that. Or you know, you get a championship, a championship opportunity down the line. Mm. You know, give the give the match some stakes. So overall, uh, next week we're going to get to see our boy Keith Lee taking on uh, the finest uh, Kona Reeves. Crikey, how how far has Kona Reeves' star fallen? Like, do you mm. remember when they were like, but they were going to give this guy this massive push? And then he had a couple of weeks of squash matches, and then since then, like, no, nah, we're done. He's just very tall. I think <laughs> he's, he's not really got anything else going for him. He has he's got very tall. He's got the creepiest smile as well. Yeah, he's got his smile is so creepy. And then he came back to the finest thing where he kept doing. He 
stands with like, he does yeah. that's Finn Balor's like Instagram <laughs> pose isn't it the Finn, the, the Finn yeah. pose like he just does that <laughs> uh, but my boy Keith Lee uh, is going to be well, on hopefully TV. he just mauls him yeah. that's all I want to see is I'm looking forward to seeing some Keith Lee mauling. on TV yeah. uh, so anyway uh, overall I thought this was a, a decent episode of NXT mm. I thought the, the Gargano Nice match was absolutely awesome and the video packages were absolutely awesome like that's the stuff I was really really into yes, yeah. and the rest of the match was and this is I, and this is going to sound like a negative on NXT, but I don't mean it's a negative. It was standard NXT fair. Yeah, it but was, even it was progressive. But even yeah, but even standard NXT fair is better than most. Like, yeah, because it moves stuff along. There's character stuff throughout, and so I, I very much enjoyed this hour of television. It's just funny that you get you know quite a few wrestling matches in one hour. <laughs> if you just put wrestling <laughs> matches on the card. It's amazing. Yeah, and 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 also without ad breaks in the middle yeah. of them. Breaking up, breaking up all the action. But in one singular hour, how many different stories have we gone through as mm-hmm. well? Like, so we've had Nikki Cross, and then we've heard from Bianca Belair. Yep. We've had Lacey Evans and Candice LeRae. We've had Johnny Gargano and uh, Tony Nese coming in. We've got the Forgotten Sons having... Plate spinning. Up. Yeah, we've got Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch. We've Plate got spinning. three things for next week. We've got another match being set up with Keith Lee and Kona Reeves that's only mentioned briefly, but that had a set up last week. Like... So much stuff. There's so much information they impart in one hour. You just, I sit there wondering, just like, what are you doing on Raw? Like, how do yeah. you manage to make three hours have the same amount of video clips on YouTube like that NXT could have had? Like, yeah. it's stupid. It's impressive, is yeah. what it is. So we teased it at the start. Here it is. Walker. Hi guys, so SummerSlam weekend was pretty crazy for me. I live relatively close to the Barclays Center, I'm about a half hour drive away without traffic, so for the past few years I've been using the money from my summer job to go up to the four day extravaganza WWE puts on during SummerSlam weekend. NXT, SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown. This year, however, was a little different. It will be next year as well because they're not there. Uh, for years, I've gotten my wrestling tickets from a res- from a ticketing a ticketing app, SeatGeek, which is a third-party ticket reselling website. I've never had a problem with them until the day of NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four. I purchased tickets for my father and myself, which cost a little over three hundred dollars. I was supposed to be seated in the upper lower, the upper lower section. That sounds like it's made up. <laughs> well, I'm guessing maybe there's like in the upper section, but it's the lower bit of it. Or is it, hang on, is it the upper lower? So maybe it's the lower section, but the upper part of sounds it. Sounds like some platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> the upper lower section of the area, which has a great view. Well, at least he had a good view. Uh, we get to the arena, wait on the security line, scan my tickets, and then a buzzer went off. The man who scanned the tickets, um, tickets I had, said the tickets I, I have have already been scanned. So it was a very confusing sentence. I was angry and confused, as I was just reading that sentence. We were told to go to the box office where they would help us out. SeatGeek gives you electric ticket, electronic tickets to scan from your phone, which I was attempting to do. However, they show you a PDF file of the original tickets purchased from Ticketmaster that were resold. I noticed that on the PDF, I could see the name of the person who originally bought the tickets. I don't want to use his actual name, so let's, for the argument's sake, let's call him Roman Reigns. Anyway, the lady at the box office told me that they can't help me with my tickets because SeatGeek is a third-party app. The only deal with tickets, they only deal with tickets from Ticketmaster even if I show them the PDF. 
Only was I allowed to see the sh- um, the only way I was allowed to see the show is if I paid for new tickets, messaged SeatGeek, and got my money back. Angrily, I spent an extra sixty dollars for nosebleed seats. I told my dad I refused to seat uh, to settle for these crappy seats. I wanted my seats, the ones I spent a ridiculous amount of money for. So after I scanned the new tickets I bought, me and my dad went to the original section I was supposed to be in, oh. and because I still had the electronic tickets for the seats in that section, the security guard let me in and I saw two guys sitting in my seats with fire in my heart I walked up to them and said are these your seats and he responded with yes I asked him what his name was and he told me Roman that was it for me I've never yelled at someone so much in my life this guy bought tickets for the show resold them at double the price got to the arena early so they could get their tickets scanned and then leave the people that bought the resold tickets outside it was so clear that they got there early they had bought NXT Brooklyn for merchandise and had gotten food and Pete Dunn had even faced Zach Gibson on the pre-show I called out to <clears throat> I called out for him what he did Sorry, I'll try that again. I called him out for what he did in front of everyone. He even showed me his ID, which said Roman Reigns as clear as day. He screamed back at me for swearing up and down, and he had no idea what I was talking about. No idea how I came to that conclusion, blah, 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 blah. So I asked him one more thing to show me that he didn't have the SeatGeek app. And if he did, prove to me that it doesn't show that he sold tickets on it. He took out his phone, thought about it, and turned his phone off quickly. Whoa. He looked at me and said, look, why don't you just get out of here, you fat bee? Oof. So those are Roman Reigns fighting words those as well, yeah. Reigns, you yeah. punk he ass He loves bee. to drop a bee. He does indeed. It's him and Becky Lynch. Yeah. So just like they've got a trademark on that word at the moment. Now look, I'm a big guy. I'm 19 years old, 6 foot 1, 300 pounds. This guy was about 20 years old, 5 foot 10. It's about the same height as me. 140 pounds. He was not an intimidating guy, but, uh, did, uh, but I did what anyone in my position, anger and emotion did. I punched him right in the freaking drawer and wailed on him for about 10 seconds till security stopped me. His friend just sat there and watched. We were told to leave, of course, so I obliged and walked out. I didn't get to see much of the show, but my dad was proud of me, so there's always that. Thank you from Jaron Walker. My God. Mate, what a dick move. Yeah, I know. Punching someone in the jaw. I'm kidding, Jaron. You weren't the dick in that scenario. Very Roman Reigns. I mean, I, um, I, when NXT came over to the UK and they mm. did uh, TakeOver London, I had to get my tickets through a resale app there. I think I got mine through Ticketmaster. Um, and that was because the, like, they just did all sold out through the pre-show, like the pre-sale ticket thing where you've got to be like a member of WWE.com or whatever, or mm. like O2 Priority or whatever gubbins it is. So by the time tickets literally went on sale, the show was already sold out. Wow. And I could not get tickets, so I had to go through a resale thing. And they were so expensive. And I, could, are, I, yeah. and I couldn't really afford to buy two tickets for my, me and my friend. Because I, I couldn't afford it. So I had to go for ostensibly the cheapest tickets I could get. I still paid quite a lot of money for it. I think I still paid like 150 quid for yeah, two tickets. Mad. And it was in the SSE, you know, where we saw the progress yep. show last Sunday. You know where we were? Mm-hmm. So that is essentially like that's area one. There's still another area of more tiered seating that you can get up to. Oh, behind? Behind, that they tarped off. Uh. We were at the top of that. Like, we could touch the back wall of the arena. We were, like, so far up. And my friend suffers a little bit from vertigo. Oh, no. And, and I was like, he said, I'm fine. If I stay seated, I'll be okay. But right. if I stand up, then I'm gone. Yeah. And I was like... Well, this sucks because I bought these tickets and I feel like I've, you know, we, I've dragged yeah, him all the way yeah. to London. This kind of sucks. So I went to the ticket office there and just said, 
that my mum bought me these tickets as a as a early Christmas present, but like I, she clearly doesn't know. They're not very good seats. Yeah. I was like, is there anything you can do? My friend suffers really badly from vertigo, and he he can't sit in those seats. And she was like, okay, well, we'll see what I can do. She t- tapped away, and then she's like, if you pay an extra 15 quid, I can get you some different seats. Oh, wow. And my friend was like, I'll do that. We paid the 15 quid. We were sat in the press area. Oh. And we were there, ringside, the most amazing view. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. It was absolutely I feel awesome. I feel it's, I'm just going to say, Luke, it's quite harsh that you tell this amazing story of the time that you bought tickets off a resale app <laughs> over the top of, <laughs> in light of... What's just happened Poor old Jaren's dealings with it. was just wishing for a tout to have bought those tickets and sold them to him, because instead it's just some douchebag who's pulling a con rather than just being a regular tout. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I suppose the message is that, you know, look at you buying the resale tickets through. But that is a real dick move as well. Well, it's such a common thing now, though. Yeah. And the thing is, you'll realise that things like... um, Whatever it's geek, what, what was seat it geek, seat geek, seat seat, seat geek. Yeah, we're not like, we're not trying to bury seat geek no, either no, no, because no, really no. it's not it's not seat geek's fault. It's this douchebag. But you've it's got, this to, Roman yeah, you've got to realize that a lot of obviously they're facilitating this thing in general, and also probably secretly somewhere are owned by Ticketmaster. Yeah. You, like, you've got to like StubHub, I'm pretty sure is owned by, by Ticketmaster. Like, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, it's, it's all one conglomerate that just exactly, owns all of yeah. them. Yeah, and you get the you get the commission back on the you sell the you sell the tickets originally with the commission. Yeah, and then you resell them with another commission. Yeah, how amazing! And it's, and the, the, perfe- it's the perfect crime. It's crazy how that works. And really, like if you're if you're this Roman Reigns champ, you probably thought to yourself, "What a genius move!" Because they can't get through because mm. I've got the PDF. If I get mine scanned really early, they'll never be able to get through, and then I'm just I'm three hundred quid better off. In fact, yeah. I've made money. Um, so you know, well done for you for punching him in the face, yeah, Jaron. He, he I suppose. definitely deserved that. He 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 probably did deserve not that. A, I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not, not an advocate for violence. I'm not a violent man. But no. Do you know what? A well placed punch. A well placed <laughs> punch probably is worth it at some point. Um, a quick, quick email here from Connor Davidson who asks, "Hey, massive fan of the content, lads. Your channel helped me get back into wrestling after about ten years, and that includes now WWE, NXT, New Japan, and there's also some other podcasts. Thank you very much." Two quick questions. Uh, two quick questions. I want to pick. Uh, your brain's over. My question is: If it is Angle versus Corbin at Survivor Series, who would you put? Wait a minute. My question is: If it is Angle versus Corbin at Survivor Series, and you had to oh, and you had to put one two hundred five competitor in it, who would it be and why? Um, I mean, that's never happening. Yeah. I, I can't see a two hundred five live guy being put into that match. But I suppose for the, the sake of argument, if we were to put anyone in there. Um, I don't watch enough of it to know. Angle picks Lashley. Uh, Lashley brings Rush. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that works. Um, I, l- I really like Hideo Itami, I guess, so I'll, I'm just going to pick Hideo. Yeah. Uh, or Akira Tozawa. I wish he'd get more. Um, Drew Gulak. Yeah. Actually, he's, yeah, he's good old Drew. He's, he's, he's been on, on Raw. Raw. Yeah. yeah, with AOP, in, no he less. In, he was in the heel locker room. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Drew Gulak will probably be on, on Team Corbin. Um, but that is all we've got time for today. I'm just trying to decide whether I'm going to do a quick email... Uh, I think I will. In fact, I'm going to. This comes in from Tyler Johnson. This is a, uh, a Rusev Hey. Uh, I have a Rusev Hey for you guys uh, that in a moment felt like fate. I live, in, I live in Cleveland, Ohio, and me and my girlfriend were taking a small road trip, and we ended up in Memphis, Tennessee. We didn't know anything about the city itself, aside from Graceland, which we toured earlier in the day. So we just decided to park and walk around and find somewhere to eat dinner. As we were walking down the main street around 10.30pm, I hear off in the distance someone's inside a bar saying a 
huge thank you to Mick Foley for coming out tonight. That stops me dead in my tracks, and I noticed a few bars up was Jerry Lawler's Bar and Grill, a sign in the street advertising a raw watch party with autographs with Mick Foley for 20 bucks. I quickly handed the, tw- uh, the bouncer at the door 20 bucks and I walked inside. I walked directly up to Mick, shook his hand, and he signed a small 8x10 poster advertising the event, and then I got a photo with him. Right after I tell him thanks, for, uh, thanks again for taking the picture, someone comes up to him and yells at him, he's the last one, and he gets up and walks into the back. I stumble back out to my girlfriend waiting outside on the sidewalk, and I'm in utter shock that this had just happened considering everything else that had happened at the last minute. He, uh, had I hesitated even for a second, I would have missed my chance to meet Mick. Thank you guys for your ever-consistent content. As a full-time Uber driver, I am listening to the rambles every night in between passengers, which, funny enough, I had a couple of weeks ago, I had a passionate a passenger who brought up wrestling, and as I talked, I came out to find not only was he a WrestleTalk fan, but also a pledgehammer. Hey! hey. He helped us get to this goal. Oh, amazing. What a great story. I, uh, I convinced my Uber driver to sign up and uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to and subscribe right, yeah. to WrestleTalk the other day. I forgot about that. So what happened? So I got in, the, I got in an Uber to go uh, from a girlfriend's house to my house because um, I was running late because I had to then turn around, get changed and went to see Jurassic Park at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, and I was just, he asked what I was doing for my weekend and I said I was going there and then the next day I was like, oh, we're going to go see this wrestling show in Wembley. Mm. And he was like, oh, wrestling. And he said that he'd been in an accident a few years back. And while he was in hospital for uh, three months, basically, he said, he really, really got into WWE. Oh, wow. Because it was like all like, so he would just watch WWE. And he was like, is it fake? Is it not? Like, and I was like, oh, I like the fact that you've bought into it on the level where you're still like unconvinced. So I went through the process of explaining <laughs> kayfabe to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was like, oh, that's cool. And then, like, then got on to talking about, like, Wrestle Talk and things like that. And he said, oh, um, I'll, yeah, I'll subscribe. Oh, cool. <laughs> so then at the end, I had to help him subscribe to Wrestle Talk. <laughs> <laughs> he got five stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, no, I... Um, it was funny, talking about Mick Foley just randomly appearing at things. Mm. I was watching an episode of Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares the other week, which I do a lot because I, I bloody love Ramsey's <laughs> Kitchen Nightmares USA. And they did a, a, an episode from uh, in New York, like mm. this restaurant in New York. There's actually quite a lot of them that have been in New York. And like at their big relaunch night, they're kind of showing people walking through the door. And one of them's Mick Foley. <laughs> no one makes any mention that it's Mick Foley yeah. whatsoever. Like the the... You know, the, the announcer doesn't do it. Gordon Ramsay doesn't do it. The guy But I was like, I mean, that is definitely Mick Foley. Yeah. Like, that is 100% Mick. And it was just really, really odd. Did you see what he was eating? No, it was, it was literally just a shot of him walking through the door. Because I don't... Can he eat solid food after <laughs> falling through the cell? <laughs> he's everything through a straw yeah. now. He's, just, he's been mashing up everything for years. Just mashed potato and gravy. Yeah, whatever. If the fine, I'll have your finest paste. The, the Kona Reeves paste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that is all we've got time for on this weekly NXT show. We're going to be back next week doing this. Um, and there isn't going to be a Saturday usual Wrestle Ramble. It won't be the magazine show because it's Super, 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 Super Showdown. Super the Showdown. Uh, which you and Ollie will be reviewing. Indeed. Which I think will be loaded as a mini-sode. Um, so there'll be no intro and outro to it. And actually, if Ollie's doing it, which I imagine he will be, it won't even have uh, music. It will literally just be the audio from the, the YouTube version loaded up into the ACAST app because he is lazy. 
Yeah, well, also we have to watch what is being billed as a five-hour show. Five-hour show, man. Uh, and, yeah, make, and, we're yeah. making three videos on Saturday. You are, so you're going to be very... I'm, I'm being very facetious when I call him lazy. You're very, very busy yeah. people. And this is my domain. I'm usually <laughs> the podcast editor. Um, so enjoy that. Uh, you'll be hearing from me next week uh, for another intro and outro when we do the Raw review, which will be the follow-up to Super Showdown. Until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.